Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. Whoa, 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 whoa. Devil talk. Lots of devil talk in today's reading. And interesting um, to hear that word maybe in 2019 and reflect on how do we dwell in the world of this story, this sacred text of ours, and uh, do business with the devil. So I thought maybe to clear the way before we uh, spend some time with Jesus in the wilderness, we ought to talk about the devil. Where, where do you get your cues from about the devil? Who is this person, the devil? Uh, perhaps we get informed from hymns. I was thinking of that famous hymn, And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God hath willed his truth to triumph through us. Maybe that informs our imagination when we talk or think or reflect on the devil. Uh, Maybe you get your cues from pop culture, your favorite pop culture song that talks about the devil. You 70s rock fans, Van Halen, running with the devil, right? Any fans of that in the house? Admit it, admit it, you like that rock and roll Van Halen thing. Or uh, I'm a child of the 80s, teenager of the 80s, Charlie Daniels Band. The devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. Maybe you've put the devil out of sight, out of mind. Or maybe you've had chilling stories of people talking about this evil tempter presence. Well, I thought for us, and maybe for us as a community of faith, my hunch is that because of our theological place that we land on the spectrum, um, we probably aren't on one side where we're rebuking or praying away the devil because of computer viruses or uh, bad parking spots. I don't think we're that kind of a community of faith. Um, But at the same time, um, I don't think we're on the other side. Um, I was reading a book this week. called Reviving Old Scratch, Demons and the Devil for Doubters and the Disenchanted by Richard Beck. A good read that I would encourage you if you want to reflect more on spiritual warfare and battles with the devil. And so he talks about people on the other side who do the Scooby-Dooification of the devil. A very theological term, Scooby-Dooification of the devil. And and the idea there, if you know Scooby and Shaggy and company, is uh, they'd be be fighting these mysteries and these evil presences, but in the end it was just that old crooked businessman who dressed up as a ghost. And if it wasn't for you meddling kids and that crazy dog, I would have got away with it. The Scooby-Dooification of the devil is, is that, oh, well, just explain it away with human terms. But I think we land in the middle here in our community of faith. I I don't think we're seeing devils on every doorstep, but I think we also try 
to press into conversations about the devil or spiritual warfare and uh, seek to try to be a community of faith and form Christians who do holy battle, spiritual work in the world that actually pushes back against temptation, pushes back against forces of evil or hopelessness. Uh, Richard Beck talks about simply... uh, Being loving and gentle in this world is a way that we can wage war against the devil, the tempter. And um, we might not imagine the devil as this horned, red-tailed person, but we do look around us. We see temptation. We see demoralization. We see injustice. And we seek to be a people who push back against the evil forces in the world and in our hearts. And so as we uh, spend time alongside Jesus in the desert, we're thinking about battling the forces of evil at work in the world and in our hearts. In the wilderness, alongside Jesus, we read and we've heard the story of this three-round battle. Uh, The first round is about bread. The voice of the evil one asks, Seeing that you are God's beloved, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answers, one does not live by bread alone. Ding, ding. Second round, it's the power battle. The voice of the evil one taunts, I give to anyone as I please. Worship me and all the power will be yours. Jesus answers, it is written. Worship the Lord your God and serve God only. Ding, ding, round three. This time the voice of evil, the tempter, decides to take a page from Jesus' playbook. He quotes the word of God. The tempter says, throw yourself down from the temple rooftop, for it is written, God will command angels concerning you to protect you. Jesus answers, I will not put the Lord God to that test. And so in our lives too, we're tempted by battles of bread and power and protection. And it's important in the season of Lent, as we're following Jesus and wrestling with temptations in the wilderness, that we recognize it's a standing alongside Jesus. We do not become Jesus There only needs to be one Jesus in the wilderness. But the hope and the good news and the encouragement for us is that we can stand alongside this Jesus in the midst of temptation, in in the midst of challenges over bread and power and protection. We stand beside Jesus, who again is the protagonist of the story. When we think about bread and our battle with bread... um, One preacher I was reading helps shape a conversation that we might carry with us as we wrestle with the temptation for bread. And bread is that bigger temptation to to give in to the needs of our body hungers. And for us, that's maybe different forms of addiction or different patterns that we run to as a pacifier when things get hard. Maybe it's the fridge, or maybe it's the bottle, or maybe it's a TV series, or the website, or the credit card. 
But this preacher frames this conversation for us to maybe help us in the midst of hungers. She writes the conversation, are you hungry? Our response might be, I'm famished. Well, what's wrong with that? Are you dying? No. Can you stand being hungry for a while longer? Maybe. I guess so. What's wrong with being hungry? Will it kill you? I don't like it. That's not what I ask. Can you live through it? Probably not, but I'll try. I like that conversation, especially the last phrase, but I will try. Because that might be a posture that we take alongside Jesus in the wilderness. In the midst of temptations or in the midst of feeling like we're going to give in, can we pause and grasp hold of Jesus' presence and say, I will try. In the midst of the temptation of power, how can we stand alongside Jesus and say, we will not go the way of power and control, but we will choose the way of the lowly. We've been talking about that through the Gospel of Luke over the past weeks, and even hearkening back to Mary's first song about Jesus when Jesus was still in the womb, Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. The Lord has shown strength with his arm. He scattered the proud. He has brought down the powerful and lifted up the lowly. In the midst of the temptation for power and control and dominion, our journey in Lent in the wilderness is to stand alongside Jesus and say we will choose and walk the way of the lowly. As for protection, in the midst of the temptation to be protected and maybe always want to live happily ever after, might we stand alongside Jesus and be risk takers who live that satisfaction not guaranteed way of life? Yes, we believe that God will protect us. We pray for that. But it's not in a way where we think that everything will always have a magical, happy ending. It means that we will choose the narrow, harder way versus taking the safe place where no one gets hurt or no one gets uncomfortable. So we won't put the Lord to the test. There's a habit sometimes for conserving churches or scarcity churches to do this. They want to manage God in such a way that they make God say certain things because that's the way that keeps them safe as a church. But God says, don't test me. God says, trust me. Be my people. Love in the way you've been loved. Love in a way that's ridiculously lavish. In a way that blesses. A way that risks and puts the love and life and mercy of God on the line. I've been reflecting on that and we've been talking about that as a church over the past few weeks in terms of our identity story and telling the story of First Baptist Church and who we are. And part of that is a risky work 
where we are risking our neck in a way and saying, we want to love and welcome and learn in a way that models the heart of God and Jesus in the world. So for us, First Baptist Church, in this season of Lent, might we follow Jesus into the wild places. And let's pray that God will shore up our identity, perhaps individually, corporately. Might God grant us courage and zeal as we live and embody this who we are-ness in Christ, because of Christ, formed by Christ's loving presence. And I think Lent is a season of saying no in certain places and saying yes in certain places, depending on the battles of bread or the battles of power or the battles of protection that we find ourselves in the midst. And so I want us to pause just for 30 or 40 seconds. And maybe God and the Spirit in these days, these early days of Lent, might be percolating a yes or a no in your heart, in our hearts as a community of faith. We say no to voices that shame and accuse and tempt, but we might also be in days where we are yearning to say a wholehearted yes to God's way of providence, generosity, and even risk and compassion. So for 30 or 40 seconds, might we pause and be open to how the Spirit in these early days of Lent is stirring up yeses and noes as we stand alongside Jesus in the wilderness. I invite you into silence. Spirit of the living God, you who are pushing us into the wilderness, but then also abiding with us in these wild places. Spirit, teach us to say no to the voices that tempt and shame and accuse. And may we wholeheartedly say yes to God's way of providence, generosity, compassion, even though that be a risky way. Lord Jesus, lead us, abide with us. We will listen for the voice that speaks to you and overflows to us from the heart of God the Father. You are my daughters. You are my sons. The beloved, with you I am well pleased.